Welcome to the Missio Day podcast. Missio Day is a family of Jesus, joining God as he makes all things new in Chicago. Check us out online at missiodaychicago.com. Uh, if you've been around for a little while, uh, we just wrapped up a two-part series on the book of Ephesians. And last week, we wrapped up the, the end passage, uh, the official part of our series. And what we know throughout the whole book is that our author of this letter, Paul, was equipping and encouraging a very real group of people in first century Ephesus in ways that are still very relevant to us today on how to be the church, the body of Christ together. And actually, we talked from the very beginning, in a lot of ways, our urban contexts are shockingly similar. We just need to look and honor what their context was and also consider how these timeless, ancient, holy words of scripture still apply for us today. So we started out in the first part of our series talking about the beauty, the cosmic impact of of God's plan fully realized in Christ. We talked about our position in Christ. And we talked about making sure that we are rooted and established in that lavish love, first and foremost, before we talked about anything else. And then we went into the second part of the book where Paul then goes on to say, how then do we live in unity, in the bond of peace as a church in light of all of that truth that we were talking about? And last week, Sam ended with the uh, passage where Paul wraps up his letter encouraging the believers to pray in the spirit on all occasion with all kinds of prayers and requests and for all the Lord's people pray in the spirit well, we decided to add one additional week to our series. It's inspired by the passages that are here in the book, the letter to the Ephesians, but, but last week Sam called a bonus episode. So that's what we're having this morning, a bonus episode that goes a bit beyond the letter to the Ephesians, but not only is it a bonus episode, but it's a buy one, get one free. We're going to do a twofer. We're going to have too many sermons in one. There's so much to talk about. It's going to be a lot of information, but it's going to be really good because we're talking about the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit, two very important pieces or themes throughout the New Testament that we talk about with the Holy Spirit are fruit of the Spirit and gifts of the Spirit. So two spirit-related themes. And these are really, really important for the church and for followers of Jesus to understand. And it's a lot to cover. But today is just an overview, and we thought it was worth the bonus episode. Why? I have two reasons, and I think they're both really excellent personally, but I'm biased. Number one, I believe that for a church to be fully alive she needs to have an expectant understanding of the active role of the Holy Spirit in our midst. For us to be fully alive as individuals and as a community, we have to have an expectant understanding of the role of the Holy Spirit. Doctrinal beliefs, what we believe are true and false, are really important. That's good. A knowledge of scripture is super duper. That's really, really good too. But if we are not equipped to be expectant of the active role of the spirit in our midst, we are missing a huge piece of God's design for the living witness of the church in the here and not yet kingdom in which we live. So it's, that's my number one. This is huge part of a church being fully alive. And then number two is just, I just love this stuff. I mean, I love 
this stuff. The things we're talking about this morning excite me to no end as a pastor of a local community. Because what we're talking about is looking and calling out and bringing out in each other the gifts and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Because this is how God designed the church to be led by Jesus in real and active ways, is that that would happen through real, tangible, active engagement of the Holy Spirit in and through us, all of us. This is the way that Christ leads his church. And so I get really excited about keeping our eye out for the ways the Holy Spirit is moving with us. So it excites me a lot. I'm going to try to not talk too fast because we all know what happens when I get excited and I talk too fast. So I really decaffeinated my coffee this morning and only drank half a cup because we're going to get through a lot of information. And then let me just remind you, if you're new, if you're visiting, I want to inform you of something that maybe you don't always hear about. Maybe if you've heard about these Christian people, they talk a lot about what you get saved from when you follow Jesus. But this is something about what we get saved into, an active life of a community that is being um, just moved and uh, led by Jesus through the Holy Spirit. We were saved into something beautiful, and maybe that's something that you've not heard before, and this is new to you. Maybe you've been around church a super long time. You have done studies and workbooks and assessments on this stuff. That's okay. You're coming in here with so much more knowledge than I can cover in this moment. Let this be an opportunity to just have your ear out if there's something fresh that maybe gets reignited in you today as a reminder of where the Holy Spirit is active and alive in your life. So we're going to cover a whole lot. Uh, too many sermons. I'm going to pray first. Jesus, we love you. We just declare now that we trust this plan for your bride, for your church, that we would be led by you through the active role of the Holy Spirit. Help us to be um, expectant and curious and willing to listen uh, to what you have for us today. Holy Spirit, we are gathered in the name of Jesus, so we welcome you and honor your presence in our midst this morning. We're so grateful to have you leading this body of believers. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. We're going to start out with the fruit of the Spirit. Maybe this is a term you've heard before from the passage in um, Ephesians, the, the series we've just been in. Uh, Paul brings this up in chapter 5, starting in verse 8. For what you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So, speaking of context and remembering who we're talking to, we are talking to an agrarian society. Their world depended on farming, on harvest, on producing real food to feed us for this harvest season. So we see throughout scripture, there is a great deal of imagery that's around plant life uh, and concepts like bearing fruit. It would be like Paul needing to talk to us through the Holy Spirit today, would probably use language about our fussy barista drinks that we order or the headaches we get by traveling on the L. That would be our language here today in Chicago. And the Holy Spirit knows how to talk to us in the language of what we know. And so remember, we're talking in a language that was really familiar. We know in John 15, Jesus talks, I am the vine, you are the branches. My father is the gardener. We see parables about vineyard owners teaching on reaping what you sow. It's because this is a language and imagery that would be so known and so 
um, clear to the original hearers. And so this concept is, throughout scripture, that a life, any life, any person, bears fruit. There's just, a, be it good or bad, something, you're a tree. It's going to happen. It's going gonna, it's gonna to bear something, bear a fruit. A life bears some kind of fruit. Jesus, in teaching, as recorded in Matthew 7, starting in 16, by their fruit, the fruit that is born out of a life, right? By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So, for our imagery today, here's what I want you to do. You are a fruit-bearing plant of some sort. You pick it. What do you like? Do you like mangoes, blueberries? Pick your plant. You are a fruit-bearing plant. Pick your favorite. And now, as you're a fruit-bearing plant, now following Jesus, that's the big change. Remember in Ephesus, you were a raspberry bush, but you weren't following Jesus. And now Paul's trying to help you remember all the truth of God and how to live out this way of following Jesus together. And now, how are you going to bear fruit in light of this way of Jesus, now bearing fruit in keeping with goodness, righteousness, and truth? Your fruit is starting to look different naturally because you are now connected to this vine, to use the metaphor again, right? It's like miracle grow fertilizer. It's gonna happen when you start following the way of Jesus because you have been marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, Ephesians 1.13. This is a truth that we know. So now, since you've been marked with this promised seal, Things are going to change in the fruit that you're already naturally bearing. This is why we can say things like the Christian journey isn't just a list of behavior modifications, right? Yes, it is true. We have the will and we need to make good choices. But this promised spirit, you guys, the idea of the fruit of the spirit is that when the spirit is given to us as promised when we follow Christ, that the spirit is working in us, through us, that there is going to be change from the inside out. There will be a maturing of the fruit naturally born of your life, and it will happen over time. The concept of bearing fruit is seen in several places, but the fruit of the spirit passage most commonly known is found in Galatians 5, and it describes it this way. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, we are not going to go into a deep dive of all of these. Actually, during the pandemic, when we were locked down, we did do a series on the fruit of the Spirit. You can find it on our website if you want to go through each of these individually and hear and understand a little bit more. I'm not going to do that today again, but here's a couple of overview points when we talk about this active role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church, right? It is one singular type of fruit. A tendency for me, I am a list maker. I love to make lists and I extra love to check things off my list. That feels really good to me. So the tendency might be to look at this as a list to go after, like a checklist for a good Christian. You might be like, here's what I've accomplished, here's what I'm working on, and here's what I need to tackle next. But that's, that's not what this is meant to be. This is a singular description of a fruit born of your life. So for my tree, I picked a Honeycrisp apple 
debatably the most amazing fruit in the world. And if I had to pick one for the rest of my life, I would pick a Honeycrisp apple. So it's one, one fruit. By nature of being an apple tree, it is going to bear this fruit. And this fruit, uh, instead of describing it as, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, all of that, I would maybe say of my Honeycrisp, it's crisp, tart, sweet, crunchy. It's versatile. It goes really well with a triple cream brie or an aged smoked Gouda. You know, like I love a Honeycrisp. And so that would be, how do I describe this singular fruit born of a Honeycrisp tree? I would use those words. That's what's happening in Galatians. It's saying not a checklist to be good. It's saying the fruit being born of your life as you walk in the way of Jesus starts to look more and more like this descriptor. And so that's how that that life of being formed in the spirit happens. Romans 8 reminds us that the spirit of God lives in us. Yes, I know this is a mystery, but it is totally true. And so that Holy Spirit is helping us as we grow in our faith journey. And as with actual fruit, it grows with maturity. Early on, it's so tart. We planted apple trees a few years ago, and they still make the littlest, tartest apples. You just like pucker up to eat them, but you got to wait. There's work being done. You have to be patient as with fruit. Wine grapes take years to develop their full maturity, right? And that's okay. So wherever you are in the descriptor of your fruit, just know the Holy Spirit is longing to partner with you to mature the fruit naturally born out of your life. So this brings us to a question. What happens when we falter? Like fully, knowingly just mess up on one of these things. Are you doomed as a Honeycrisp apple tree? For example... Let's pretend you're a Honeycrisp apple tree and you've been following Jesus a long time. Let's say that your vocation would even have people say that you really, really should reflect Jesus well. Let's pretend you're a pastor and your name's Melissa. (laughs) And let's pretend that your whole family for your whole life has let you know that patience is a virtue that you do not possess. And I was so impatient as a little girl that I wouldn't even wait long enough to ask what the heck a virtue was. I would just run out of the room and be like, whatever, and I don't know what a virtue is. But I wasn't patient enough, and my family always teases my impatience. I am not known to be patient. But let's say through the years you have learned not to bite off somebody's head when they're not going the speed you want them to in the grocery store line because you're just refrained enough and you think you're doing a really good job and then your husband gives you that look that after 20 years you know means take a deep breath, you're not fooling anyone. And you sit there in line and you're like, oh my gosh, it's happening right now. What happens when you just have a whiff on something? When you've been with the Holy Spirit and the Lord for a really long time time. You guys, this is not a path of perfection. One bad apple doesn't ruin the harvest. We all have bad apple moments, right? And this is why we need to have a real uh, understanding of ourselves and our need for a savior. And we need to be able to say, like, I had such a nasty heart towards that person today, Lord. I am sorry and receive forgiveness. That is the real journey of being someone following the way of Jesus. But the idea is not to give up. And I will not bear the label of an impatient person anymore. I am a person who is growing in patience by the help of the Holy Spirit and occasionally a look by my husband to remind me when I'm off track. But we are works in progress, all of us. But the Holy Spirit wants to help us to grow into a mature fruit bearing, a bearing of fruit that gives glory to the one that we're following. Because when people experience love, joy, peace, patience through us as followers of Jesus, that's an experience that they're 
having with the Lord because they know you're a follower of Jesus and you're being like so kind right now and, and they're experiencing God through us. So this is a really exciting way that we get to partner with the Holy Spirit in an active way as followers of Jesus. And we remember this uh, in 2 Corinthians 3.18. We who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Translation, when we're following Jesus, the Spirit is changing us from one degree of glory to another into Christ-likeness, looking like Christ. Now, this does not erase our particularities. I will never actually look like a first century Palestinian man. I will not look like that, but I can look more patient as Christ looked. I can look more loving as Christ looked. It does not mean conformity to grow together in Christ-likeness. It means that you're the most full version of yourself that God has designed you to be, and the Holy Spirit is so excited to join you in developing your mature fruit into that. So that's mini-sermon number one, the fruit of the Spirit, a very important way that we see how we are partnering with the Holy Spirit actively in our lives today second sermon is on gifts of the spirit. This is something that you've maybe heard in church before, like what's your gift assessment or like where, what is your giftedness or things like that. So let's talk about this quickly. At the root of what is translated as gifts in the Greek is charis, which is the word grace. And I actually love that because these gifts, these little presence, right? These gifts given to us are actually manifestations of God's grace handed, undeserved to the believer who's following the way of Jesus. And these gifts are not for you to be, or me to be a big deal at all. These gifts are for the edification, fancy word for building up of the church or of the body of believers or of another person or so that God may be experienced. It's not for the glory or honor of the individual, but is so that the glory would go to God. But the individual is still really involved in the whole thing. So for example, let's say, or actually this, in the book of Acts, we see examples of this, but still today, let's say that there's some miraculous um, healing or something, and, I, and I, you've participated in a way where somebody found healing. You would not, the, the Holy Spirit would not give you um, a gift like that for you to become a big deal and to become famous for your ability to heal. No, it all goes like God has healed you. God has seen you. God cares and wanted to heal that in you. So it's for for, um, for people to experience God through you. But that does not remove us or you from the uh, uh, equation. Maybe you've been around someone before who they've done something lovely for you and you've experienced just God's love through them and you thank them and they won't even accept your thanking. They're like, it was all God. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that you prayed though. I mean, I was here and you were like, it's okay to say like, praise God that that's what you heard in that prayer or that that's what happened. Like you are an active part of what is going on, but the praise goes to God. And what you guys, how amazing is it that we get to actually partner with God this way for the good of the community? So an interesting thing that we're going to do with this overview of gifts, we see that um, lists of the gifts of the Spirit are located in several different places throughout New Testament letters, okay? And I'm going to give you some observations from this um, as we see them all out like in grid form. 
The colors are just to show you. If they distract you, you can ignore them. Like the lists are different in each one. The same colors are just to show you when one shows up in more than one place. But I want you to notice a couple things. Like at first, this might be frustrating. Why don't we have an organized list of the gifts of the Spirit? Well, it's for a really, really important reason. In similar conversations happening with early church communities, they need instruction and encouragement on engaging with the Holy Spirit actively in their community, working through gifts in the lives of real believers. But the fact that the lists aren't matching is a reminder. Guys, there's no finite list of gifts. There's no finite list. And we also know that our God is so creative and boundless that God cannot be confined to a static list. The, the, uh, Christ leads the church through gifts in whatever is needed in that moment. And so the range of gifts is infinite, whatever is needed in the circumstances. The other thing I would say that you um, see here is that like no one is in, well, prophets and prophecy is the closest one, but like, they're, they're not the same in each one. They're not um, emphasized in a certain order. They're like scrambled. Okay, so we're gonna keep this list up here a while and why don't you just look at some examples are there as we're gonna go through some. Now, when it comes to spiritual gifts, sometimes we will find in the life of a community that a gift is what is called manifestational. A manifestational gift is something that happens in a moment and it's just in that moment and what is needed. And um, there are others that sort of tend to be more like a lane you naturally run in. Sort of like how it's, it's easy for something to, um, to operate, for God to operate through you in a certain way. I'll give you an example. My mom and the gift of hospitality. It is such an a natural way that the Lord works through her is through her gift and ease of hospitality. And I would say, in my personal opinion, that hospitality is one of those like um, underappreciated gateway gifts. It's like the gateway gift to so many other gifts that people experience once somebody has like created a space, whether it's in this sanctuary on a Sunday morning, a hospitality into our church home, or whether it's into your home, or whether it's into like some shared space coffee shop. You can be at a coffee shop and have somebody just have this ability to make you feel so at home, and suddenly you find that you're being seen by the Lord, or somebody can speak a word of compassion over you. I love how hospitality is like a gate way for so many other gifts. And that's one that some people seem to be like, that's an example I would use, is an often is a clear lane kind of gift. Another one that I would see is mercy ministries. We have a couple of people here who operate so beautifully and naturally with this compassion, uh, way different than sympathy. Um, well, not way different, but like way ex ex more than sympathy. Like just, they just see and their heart just feels and they offer up mercy so beautifully. And that those tend to be some that are more like a, like a wiring that's often uh, time and time again how God would use them. Others are what we would call manifestational. They're in a moment. You cannot control when God is going to work through you in that way. Um, you can pray for it and be expectant, but like you may not ongoingly be able to do that. For me, that's prayers of healing. There have been times that in full faith and praying that we have found healing, and then there are other times that absolutely hasn't come. And I, I don't have any control. I just trust the Lord and I don't give up. I have a friend who once was able to pray in a language she didn't know over a neighbor. Praying in a language she didn't know when somebody was hurting, and she doesn't know the language. She 
just knows and the woman was weeping in that moment. They understood each other and it was beautiful manifestation of God's spirit for that moment. But some of those, like in that instance, tongues, it, it, doesn't, it, you, it doesn't necessarily always come, right? Other ones that are often manifestational are, again, uh, healing prayers, uh, miracles, which is like a supernatural bending of the normal laws of nature um, for a purpose. And those, those we have records of these things happening. Another one is a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is when you are able to know something that you would otherwise have no ability to know about a person. Um, you might be able to say like, um, you know, God just has told me that you had a lot of pain from your past for this certain thing that happened. You had no way of knowing that. But in the moment of prayer, the Spirit has given that to you so that the person can experience being loved and seen by God, right? So all of these kind of gifts are for that, the building up of others. Um, so that's a word of knowledge. Now, my point in defining these differently, like the lane we run in versus manifestational, I'm not making lists, okay? Because any one of these gifts can go into either one of these categories. The goal is not to make lists, but remember that any grace can be given by God used through a person by the Holy Spirit for the moment that's needed to build up the church, build up others for God's glory and God's purposes. So we don't want to make set box lists or anything like that, but we want to be ready to um, have the Holy Spirit show up in creative ways. And so when we look at this, a couple things that I just want to point out is you consider, because remember, we want to be expectant. And so when you look at this list, you might say, like, I, I, I don't even know what it would mean, but like, I, 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 want, to, I want to be trusting that the Holy Spirit is operating in our midst, what might my gifting be, or what might be a way that God would use me? And I would say the first thing we need to do is avoid the very natural human tendency to rank, and be like, that one's more flashy or more exciting than that one, or something like that. It's just no gift is appearing on all the lists. They are not routinely ordered with some um, ranking at all. Um, and none are described as more desirable than others, quite the opposite. Now, some are more public just by nature. They're more visible, and some are less visible. But Scripture is clear time and time again that all of the gifts are needed. They are all of the utmost value because it's only in our togetherness that we can operate fully as the bride of Christ. So in 1 Corinthians 12, starting in 21, to use the analogy of all of us being needed for us to be our fullest version of ourselves, the imagery is often of that of a body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there would be no division in the body. Remember, all of this is under that unity, the bond of peace, right? Well, this is from a different letter, but it's the same idea. But that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. 
So what we're gonna do to consider the gifts today is just keep this list up and I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions to consider what, what might be a way that you and God are partnering for the building up of the church because we need all of the parts. So a couple of things, if you're new to, if you're new to the Christian faith, just you know, come along for the ride. If you're just visiting, like this is kind of different than a normal sermon, that's okay. Just consider these things and allow yourself to see what might be stirring in you. Uh, and if you've been around for a long time, I don't know about you, but I did like an online assessment 15 years ago or something, it's really good to remember that you don't get stuck in some lane when it comes to the Holy Spirit. That would be like antithetical to the creativity of our God, right? And so just allow yourself to hear what might be going on now. So when you look at this list or you think about what might be a way that your gifts could be used for the building up of a body, one thing that I think is a really good indicator of where you should pay attention is if there's any area where you kind of are like, well, no duh. Uh, everybody does that. That's not even special. It's so natural to you, you don't even realize and you take for granted that this is just the way people operate. I'm telling you, you guys, if you naturally operate in one of these ways to an extreme ability like this, it's not, everybody isn't doing it. It's so, 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 so special. For example, let me just give you a couple. The gift of service. You might think, well, everybody just does that. They see something that needs to be doing and they just do it. No, they don't. No, they don't. They just do it and they don't need to be seen or recognized. No, that's not true. That is a gift to just be the person who can just kind of like see and do and not need anything in return. That can be a gift of service. Another one is the gift of administration. If I say, I have this idea for an event and your brain is like, got it. I can see how to make that happen. Anyone can do that. I'm like, no. They can't. So these are things like if your brain just can do that and God has given you a gift to just allow things to operate smoothly and effectively, it's amazing. Another one that I might point out here is the gift of generosity. You might just have a supernatural ability. Everybody's called to be generous with our time, with our resources, to give to the work of the ministry in different ways. But there are people who give so lavishly and without thinking of any acknowledgement or anything, like that can be a gift if you just can run in this faith that like, yes, I just, I want to give away 90%, not 10, you know? Like there are people who just can do that. Generosity just flows from them in a way that is clearly being um, inspired and driven by the gift of the Holy Spirit. So one thing is, is there an area when you look at that and you're like, well, I mean, of course, but everybody has that. That's one that I want you to highlight and, and take to the Lord in prayer to see if that might be an area where the Holy Spirit would love to partner with you in um, exciting that gift for the community. Another thing to do is to think what just stirs your heart. Maybe you haven't exercised it yet, but you feel your heart just sort of drawn or excited about something. Maybe teaching. You love to be able to communicate something in that moment when somebody's eyes are like, oh, like that excites you. You like to do that. Think about what might be there. Evangelism. You might just be somebody who's like, it's so easy for me to just talk about what God's doing in my life when I'm with my friends at work. Like, 
think about what stirs your heart is like, yeah, it's just exciting. I just love to do that stuff. Is there something that stirs up in you? And then the third thing I would say to consider as you're considering where you might be partnering with the Holy Spirit, I would say ask the people around you what they see and experience in you or through you. Examples might be, uh, you might have the, or God might have given in a moment or in your life, the gift of wisdom. If people say things like, man, you just shared something with me and it was spot on. And I, you know, I followed that and then it just really felt like the right thing I needed to hear at that time. You might have um, a, an ability or a gifting of prophecy if people have said, you spoke that word to me and it, it really just hit home. I've been thinking about it all week, that word that you shared when we were talking. It really, it's coming, to, it's coming true. You might have the gift of encouragement if somebody says, you said exactly the right thing that I needed to hear to keep going in that moment. Thank you for just knowing what I needed to hear. So these things maybe you don't see in yourself because you're just going about your life and not realizing the active role of the Holy Spirit working through you. So how people are experiencing you may be a way that you can dive in to participate more with the Holy Spirit. So back to my point from the beginning. Why am I just giving this huge two-part dumping of information on us? I truly, you guys, I truly in my heart believe that for a church to be fully alive, she needs to have an expectant understanding of the active role in the Holy Spirit. I think there are so many individuals and communities who have come to faith and they believe in Jesus and they are really excited that God has given them a savior and they can even feel the love of God or see it in scripture but they don't know that there is an active here and now participation of the life of the church with the Holy Spirit of God in ways that are you guys this, this stuff this stuff changes not just the people in these walls this stuff changes people to meet and encounter God in different ways if you're wondering how are the people around me going to encounter God, one of the main ways is through people following the way of God. That's the way, and that's the Holy Spirit in our midst. The gifts, a beautiful way to lean on each other. Don't just look for a couple people to do the Sunday thing, right, or whatever it is. No, I love looking at drawing out the gifts of different people, because when we're relying on the gifts of different people in our midst, we're relying on Jesus to lead this church, and that's what we've declared that we want to do. We have to rely that when you're speaking that way, that I'm going to listen, and we're going to respond to the Spirit moving in and through the exact people are here who are here in any given season. We keep in tune to what might be happening and where those gifts might need spaces to be developed and nurtured and grown. And we celebrate it giving glory to God. It's such a cool way that we get to do this church thing together. And then the fruit, like this is how people can see and point out and encourage growth in one another in our faith walk. When you have a moment, you're like, I'm just experiencing God through your love today or through whatever it is. Like you can see how we experience God in and through each other. So this is just the thing that I wanted to just leave us with in our bonus episode today. Because I believe with passion. I mean, I grew up with, with faith in God. I grew up just loving Jesus and just saying that prayer of wanting to be saved like 84 times because I never was sure if it worked. 
because I didn't understand and I didn't know that on the other side of that was more than just doctrinal beliefs. There was an ability to actually participate, as one of my friends says, to join in the triune conversation. They're so beautiful. And in order to do that, I want us to be people who are expectant for how God is going to work in and through us for God's purposes. So I close with this. I loved uh, Beth Felker Jones says it this way. Through the Holy Spirit in us, God, the holy, other, transcendent, majestic, magnificent, and eternal takes up residence in us. That kind of bends my brain, and I can't always know what to do with that until I sit down and encounter one of you showing me compassion that I'm not giving myself, or one of you speaking a word of prayer over me that just is exactly what I needed to hear, and then I can see like God is in you and is working for us, through us, and that blows my mind, you guys. But I have a prayer for us that we would truly be a community that builds that up and encourages that in one another because at the end of the day, our faith is that God is active and alive and we want to be participants in the triune conversation while we wait for the glorious fullness of Jesus' return. Amen? Holy Spirit, um, there was too much in that bonus episode. So I just pray to you that you would just take the nuggets that are needed for any individual in this room to feel an awareness of the joy that you have. This is not a task. This is your plan, your purpose, your joy that you would choose us, these little broken vessels of clay, to be the very vessels that carry your presence and your purposes and your character and your miraculous healings and other things out into the world so that people experience you. God, uh, I just pray for a hunger of more expectancy and longing, an awareness of you, Holy Spirit, um, a confidence in your plans to grow, to grow and grow and be fostered in us as individuals. May we encourage it in one another. May we share what we are feeling, what's being prompted by you in our hearts because the, um, the willingness to join in together is the best way for us to be fully alive as your body. So Jesus, we love you. We trust your plans. We pray, Holy Spirit, for more expectancy and awareness of how you love us and operate in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. We love to keep the conversation going. Find a weekly gathering or gospel community in a neighborhood near you. To find out more, check us out online at missiodechicago.com.